0: We felt as a pastoral team that we wanted to take a few weeks and look at the life of Joshua and what it has to say to us. Because in the, in the story of Joshua, the Israelites are not just spiritually moving, but they're physically moving. And that is what we're doing here as a church. And in August, we're going to be uh, moving over to our new campus. Uh, and uh, it's just going to be, it's really exciting to see all that's happening. And the campus is like every day it's looking better and better and better. And I just want to uh, say thank you to every single volunteer that served. And some, if you've painted a brush, if you have prayed a prayer, if you've, uh, whatever uh, you've done, man, I'm just, uh, whether it was small or big, I want to give a huge thank you to you. Can we thank all of our volunteers for serving and going their extra hours it's awesome. And the campus is coming together and and also, uh, the video just talked about it a little bit, but our pastor has asked us to do three things. And if you're new to our church, uh, we'd love for you to jump right in. But if you consider yourself a part of this church, these really aren't non-negotiables for us. These are three things that we really need to take seriously as our leader has asked us to do this. And he's asked us to pray, he's asked us to give, and to serve. And so um, you can... Uh, of course, pray uh, for our for our campus, for the move, for the transition. Uh, but then also pray about what you could give. And some could give some, some could give a lot. Whatever God puts on your heart, you roll with that. And then lastly, if there, are, if there, if there is an area that you can serve in, uh, when you, uh, you can fill this card out, rip it off, and you can hand it into the uh, offering bucket at the end of our service today. But please make yourself available to that. Can you turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3? Joshua Chapter 3. We're in part 3 of our series, and we're also looking at Joshua chapter 3. And uh, I've entitled this message this morning, Consecrate Yourself. Consecrate Yourself. As you're turning there, uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for the word. I thank you that God is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. I thank you that we could be young or old. We could be married, not married. We could be. Wherever we might be in our seasonal life, your word has the ability and power and potential to speak to every heart today. And that is what we're asking today that you would do in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. amen? Well, it's obvious that we are in a transition in our church, right? It's obvious that we are moving uh, locations in August, and it's obvious that the series that we're in is called Moving Forward. Now, as one of the pastors on staff, I want to, I just feel like I have a, a a timely word for every individual here today. And, and I, I want to just relate to you the burden, if you want to call it, or fear that I have. I would consider it more of a burden. And this is my burden. And this is my fear. Is that we would move forward physically, but not move forward spiritually. My fear is that we think Maybe we think that we can simply just get a bigger building, move physically in a different location, and think that God will not demand anything else from us. Uh, my fear is that we may actually think that all we need to do is just get a bigger building, and then our city will be saved. Instead of not just enlarging, my fear is that we might think that we can enlarge our, our, our walls, but feel like we don't have to enlarge our hearts. As if God just wants to keep us where we are spiritually. And this is exactly where, and let me, let me just uh, give a word of warning, church. If we move forward physically, and if it outweighs our spiritual walk, we as a church will lose our character. And you in your own personal life, if you grow physically or relationally, uh, and you don't match that with the spiritual component, you will lose your character as a Christ follower. Uh, for some of you, uh, you, maybe you've been asking for an increase in finances, but the truth is your character can't handle it. And so uh, why would God give you another $30,000 a year when that might lead to you divorcing your wife because now you're trying to be somebody that you're not because your character couldn't sustain the move that, that was happening in your life. If, if, the, if they both have to come together, I tell leaders all the time, your input has to match your output. And when, when uh, if we can just talk leadership for a second, I believe every person in here, we always say around here, every member is a minister. And just because I have the pulpit doesn't mean you don't have a pulpit in your own life. And so if I could talk to you as a minister today, as a leader today, I want to tell you that your input has got to match your output. And if your output ever is bigger than your input, you're going to get burnt out, you're going to get frustrated with somebody else, and your character will not be able to sustain what you're doing. And there are moral failures that happen across the globe with leaders that are good people that simply did not keep the spiritual component high as God kept increasing their position. And we as a church cannot do that. And this is exactly the message that uh, Joshua is saying in Joshua chapter 3. Let me set this scene up for you, all right, before we read it. We're just going to look at five verses today. And Joshua 3 is, is the story of, of the Israelites crossing the Jordan. Today we're not going to cross the Jordan. We're just going to get up to the water's edge. I'm going to set up the tee. And uh, Pastor next week is just going to knock it out of the ballpark. All right, with, uh, with, with talking about crossing the Jordan. But as we look at these verses, let me just set a little bit of background for you, all right? The Israelites, a.k.a. God's people, are not in slavery anymore. Moses has taken them out of slavery. They have, they have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. And now God raises up Joshua uh, to take them into the promised land. Now, they are in front of a Jordan River. Now, let me just break it down very, very simple today, all right? They're not where they were. But they're also not where they're going to be. Have you ever been there? Come on. Isn't this kind of where we, we typically kind of find ourselves? It's in the middle of kind of two seasons. It's always, and isn't that kind of what God does? He, he tends to always be birthing new seasons in us. And so there's always this nine months of, 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 of pregnancy that's kind of in the process as He's kind of birthing us into new levels and new into new positions with him. And so they're in this moment. Maybe we can relate. Not only are they in front of a Jordan, the Jordan is, uh, in some parts of it, it's a mile wide. It is impossible to get over a million people across the Jordan River. So now they have this promise of God inside of them, but an impossibility in front of them. Can I say that um, just a year ago, it was impossible for us to get that campus. If you would have said a year ago that we would be painting the walls at that campus, I would have thought you're crazy. But God has made a way. But we're in a season right now as a church where we purchased the property, but we're not quite there yet. And so there's a message right here. That's why I don't even want to get to the crossing of Jordan because, because you know what we'll do is we'll, we'll listen to the, we just want the ESPN highlight rail. They cross the Jordan, right? Right? I mean, I, that's what I, I mean, and even as you read Joshua 3, you tend to do that. You kind of just, oh, sweet, they cross the Jordan. And there's this verses 1 through 5 that are so strong to our church that is so important for us to grapple with, to get with. And so let's look at it, all right? Verse 1 says this. Early in the morning, Joshua and all... I have to stop for a second. It says all the Israelites. Wasn't some of them, wasn't a couple of them, all the Israelites. As we are moving to this new campus, it requires all of us. And if you, in your language right now, as we're transitioning our church, if you're saying something like, man, they are going to do that, or man, they're doing something great. No, no, it's we. We are all in this together. All of us together uh, make this thing happen. So he says, all the Israelites. uh, And then it says, uh, the Israelites, they set out from Shittim. Now, as a guy, I have to stop for a second. All right. If you're living in a place called Shittim, you just got to get out, all right? Just get out of that place. And so they did. They set out from Shittim. That's the last time I'm going to say it, all right? And they went to the Jordan. And the Bible says they camped there before crossing the river. Now, they camped. That means they actually dug some stakes into the ground. They actually, they act, the Bible says they spent three days And this isn't just any season. This is harvest time season uh, over at, at at the Jordan River, right? This is harvest time season, which means that the river was flooding. It wasn't like a really simple little pool that people could walk across. It was like rapids almost. So for three days, they're listening to the rushing of that water. And they're hearing the impossibility of actually crossing that Jordan. Three days they camped there. And all of a sudden, Joshua says this to them in, uh, in verse 2. After three days, the officers went through up the camp, giving orders to the people. And they said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, let me stop for a second. What is the Ark of the Covenant? It represents the presence of God. He's saying, hey, when you see the presence of God, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out. Everybody say, move out from your positions and follow it. In other words, when the presence of God moves, guess what, baby? It's time to move. You know what moving means? It means you have to leave where you are. Can I preach to you today? It means you can't get satisfied with the little tent that you created when God's called you to cross the Jordan. It means you have to, you have to leave parts that you may love the comfortability. You just spent three nights there. You've already learned how to position yourself with the head on the pillow. Just, well, not a, probably a pillow. Head on something soft so that you could just kind of, you're just trying to figure out even where you're going to use the restroom, right? They're camping. Come on, this is where they're at. They're just starting to get used to it. And maybe some of you, you're here in this location. And you're going, I just got used to this. Come on. And, and, and I want to address this because I because I, I think this is so important. Some of you got saved in this room. You cried out for babies in this room. You've buried people in this room. We don't want to... And in no way are any of us saying this is just some easy fairy tale Disney picture. We're just going to walk over there and everybody's emotionally going to be so great. But when the presence of God moves, we have to move. And it was never this building. And if we don't watch it, we we fall in love with... The carpet and the, the chairs that don't even really match the broom, if you didn't notice. But we weren't fixing it because it's too expensive. You got that room in your house, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know, that couch is going to stay there forever. Your wife's about to light it on fire. Right? I mean, I mean we are attached. There's, there's part of us. Hopefully, we're attached to this place. This is where we do community. This is where we do life. It's where we meet, to gather and worship God. And you know what God's saying? We're moving. And God's opened these doors. And I I don't even want to make it like it's easy. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for our pastor. It's not easy for any of us. But we need to move. And it's not just some of us. It's all of us. i got a question for you. Are you you following the presence of God? Not just with this physical move, but in general. Are we followers of the presence of God? Look what it goes on to say. Verse 4 says, Then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark and do not go near it. And then Joshua told the people, he said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. We love the end of that verse. We don't like the beginning of that verse. Consecrate means to set apart. And the Hebrew word is kadash, which means to set apart, to uh, To prepare, to dedicate. It's where you get the word holy. You know what Joshua is saying here? Hey, I know that we're about to physically move forward and cross the Jordan, but it was never a a physical battle. It may be a physical move, but it's a spiritual battle. And you know what he's saying here? Hey, don't let your physical outweigh your spiritual. But it doesn't just say, kadosh, and this specific context. It actually says Kadash Nifpael. I know I'm talking crazy. But what that means is it's not just, hey, let's all get consecrated. No, it's consecrate yourself. What this word is saying is, Justin, you need to consecrate yourself because the Spirit of God is moving. Right? I can go right down the down the row with somebody else in the room. Right? He's looking at you. He's looking at me. Not just your 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 marriage. He's looking at your personal walk, the God that sees everything, the God that sees every single uh, image that you've ever seen. He knows every thought that you've ever thought. And he is saying to you, Hey, we're moving out, but first you need to consecrate yourself. Something I tell, I've been telling our leaders for the last, ever since I heard that we were moving our property, every single staff meeting every Tuesday at one 15, I tell them the same two things. I tell them, keep your spirits right. I always tell them, hey, there's 100 projects to work on. The number one project is you. I tell them that every single Tuesday. The second thing I tell them is two words, inside out. My prayer is that we would not get bigger from the outside in, but that we would move forward in Christ from the inside out, that God would do a work in us. This is what Joshua is talking about here. This is consecration. It's holiness, uh, towards God. And, and I got just, I grabbed some cleaning supplies from, uh, from the campus and it's looking good, man. You know, it's almost like God saying, let's paint the walls. And man, they are looking good. The color paint we chose over there. Ooh, I want to change my whole house up with it. Looks awesome. Hey, let's paint the walls, but let's not forget about our own hearts. Right? Throw that you. Right? Um, okay. Some of y'all, you need some spiritual Windex in your life. You just need, I mean, you just need a little spray, spray down, because, because you're, you're too foggy. You can't even see what God's wanting to do in your life with all the sin that's in your life. Right? You need some spiritual Windex. I'll, I'll be selling the off-brand, Target brand Windex after service. Come on. Come on, Joshua's saying, "Hey, we're gonna move, but don't think you you don't have to clean yourself up. You need to clean yourself up. Some of y'all, y'all need some some lemongrass for I mean, you just need a little 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 something there because you stink spiritually. Come on. You're like I brought a first time guest today." That's where we're going. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Right? right? And, and, if, and I'm just telling you, like, man, we, the input's got to match the output. And, and it's, you know, this word, it's called holiness. And, and, you know, there's three stages to every spiritual life uh, there's, with Jesus. There's, there's salvation, which is Jesus saving you. And he will save you from everything you've ever gone through. I mean, his, his work of salvation is so amazing. But there's a second work called sanctification, where God forms you into his image. And there's a third work called glorification, where one day we're going to be welcomed into heaven. But most believers want to focus on the first and the last one. They want to just get saved and then let's somehow get to heaven. But That's not the gospel. You weren't saved from sin. You were saved for a purpose. And I just, I got to tell you, man, it's not, and I, I was reading a commentary. It said, you know, God wasn't just concerned about getting the Israelites out of Egypt. He was concerned with getting Egypt out of the Israelites. God's not just concerned with you crossing the Jordan and entering your miracle. He's concerned about who you look like when you get there. He's wanting to build your character. And if we ever think the gospel is about God just, with His grace, just covering our sins so that we can just continue the way that we want to continue. We have missed the gospel. We've missed the point and we're letting down our city. In church, we will lose our character if we grow physically and we don't grow spiritually. Paul told, I'm sorry, First uh, Peter says this, one sixteen. many of you know it. Uh, I'll just go to verse 15. But just as you who called, just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do, not parts of it, not some of it. It's all or nothing, baby, when it comes to a relationship with God. It says, for, uh, because I, be holy because I am holy. And I just got a couple questions for you. Is every area of your life set apart for God right now? I didn't ask if it was set apart. Because I don't know about you, but my, my natural flesh wants to go back to the highlight row when I was really on fire for God. And then I want to regurgitate that to God today. But I'm asking you today. Is every area of your life consecrated? Are you preparing for your next step in God? And even as Christ followers, we are awaiting his return. He could come back today. We may may not even enter into that building. That's a part of our job as followers of Jesus. Let me ask you some other questions. Are you seeking holiness in your life? Not just saying I am holy, but are you seeking holiness? Right? We are holy because we've made a, a, a decision to follow Jesus, but we're also being made holy because of the work of Jesus. And we will be holy when he comes and returns again as we stand before the God. Before God, Are you hungry for his presence? Let me ask you this. Are you feeding your spirit or are you feeding your flesh? Because you can't do both. We've got to consecrate ourselves. Let me ask you this. Are you more in love with God today than when you first got saved? That's a tough question. I mean, excuse, are you, do you look more like Jesus now than when you first came to Jesus? Consecrate yourself. Come on, let's not even, let's not even think that we can come before God and just get this other building and think that it doesn't require some personal part of us. And let's let's not even let's not even have that type of relationship with Jesus to even want that. I don't just want the Jordan. I want to be the person that God's called me to be. I don't want to just get there. I want him to do something inside of me and inside of our hearts. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14 says, if my people, you are his people who are called by my name, will humble themselves, will pray. Come on. God's calling you to pray. That's a part of consecration. It's part of holiness, staying in tune with God, connecting with God on a regular basis. You can do it. Stay in a lifestyle of pray, pray in the car, pray in the shower, pray over your food. Seek my face. Come on, let's be people that are seeking the presence of God. When we gather together in our own personal lives, come on, you can do this and turn from their wicked ways. Come on, let's get that Windex out. Let's get rid of it. Whatever it is, come on, get that stuff out get it out of your life. Let's honor God with our bodies. It says, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal your land. You know, we don't just want a bigger building. We want our city to be saved and the building won't do it. It's his people surrendered to his moving. And we, this is our time. This is my prayer. I'm just trying to be real open with you today. I want to end with just this last thought before we just take a few minutes. I'm just going to give you a couple minutes to do business with God. Um, John chapter 13 is a story about Jesus. It's arguably the last leadership lesson we have of Jesus on the earth before he goes uh, to the cross for the sins of humanity. And if you know it, he washes the disciples' feet. And I was thinking, maybe this just isn't a leadership lesson on servanthood. Maybe this isn't just a leadership lesson on humility that, the, that the, the God of the universe would get down on his hands and knees and wash sinful human beings. Maybe it's not just that. Maybe there's something more to this than meets the eye. I want to propose to you what I think. I don't think it was just a, a message of servanthood. I think it was a message of purity. Because in essence, Jesus was saying, hey, I'm about to go and I'm about to send you. But you can't go if you're not clean. But you know what? You don't have to clean yourself up anymore. In fact, I came here and he got down the hand, the the God of the universe got down and washed their feet. It's as if he was sending a message that if I'm going to send you out, you first must be clean. And if you ever get dirty, don't forget who cleans you. And don't ever forget that image. That I'm not, God's not here to lord over us and, and, and be this like brash judge. He's a father. Yes, he will judge our sin, but he's a father. And ultimately, he's a missionary that came to this earth to save sinners like me and like you. I mean, this is what I want for our church. This is what I feel like God wants for our, this move that we would not just move forward physically, but we have moved forward spiritually. So church, consecrate yourself. Amen? Would you stand to your feet all across this place? The worship team's going to come. and You can go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. There's nothing real crazy about it. Just a moment to look inward and not outward. Um, just got a question for you. What is God saying to you? Come on, what idols are in your life that just need to go? The beautiful thing is that Jesus is calling us to holiness, but he's done all the work for us to be holy. And he wants to, right now, enter into your world. Enter into whatever thing that you've held on to. The Bible says in Hebrews, throw off every sin that so easily entangles you run man come on let's run this race let's move forward in jesus but we can't move forward in jesus outside of spiritually cleansing ourselves and coming to him and so right now you have a moment i'm going to give you just the next few minutes and this worship team is going to lightly play and i want you just to take a moment right where you are and search your heart come on let's consecrate ourselves come on this city needs you and i to step up Take.